0: TheChairShot.com Always use your head Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the 5 Rounds Podcast The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds I am Mags and uh, I'm flying solo today, uh, but I've got a lot of uh, farts to go over from uh, the bumper event from last night, UFC Fight Night 174 from Far Island. Uh, I think there's a total of 15 fights altogether, 7 fights on this main card and 8 prelims, so we'll quickly run through these prelims. We started in the Bantamweight division, uh, Nathaniel Wood picking up the decision against John Castaneda. Uh, Then we had another decision in the Welterweights with uh, uh, Ramazam Imev picking up the the decision against Nicholas Stoltz. Uh, third division in a row with uh, the women's weight fight between Betch Corriera and Pane Kianzada. Uh, Kianzad picking up the 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 decision there, and then Tana Boza with the first finish of the of the show, uh, knocking out Rafael Pessoa. Uh, back to decisions in the in the featherweights where uh, Mozvar uh, Evolev picked up the decision against Matt Grunde, and then we got uh, the first. Uh, first round knockout of the of the day when Tom Aspinall uh, likened to a young frontier knocked out uh, former welterweight and now heavyweight uh, Jake Collier. Uh, we got a first round sub in the welterweight division where Jesse Runson uh, subbed Nicholas Dolbe and then in the featured uh, prelim we had Francisco Trinaldo uh, getting the third round knockout against Jar Herbert. Um, Going into the main card, like I said, there were seven uh fights total on this main card and uh a lot of a lot of action a lot of good good quality fights, a, a really kind of diverse card. So we started with uh, Kazma Chimiev taking on Reese McKee. Chimiev obviously you will know that he has got now the quickest turnaround for a UFC fighter in history with ten days, uh, looking to uh, solidify that with being the first fighter in the modern era to win two fights in in such a short turnaround, and he was very much able to do that with a uh, with the first round KO uh, from the very second that he started. He uh, shot for a takedown, got the takedown, and it was it was very much the, the kind of Dagestani way of fighting. He, he was all over uh, McKee like a rash. He was hitting him with uh, punches and elbows. Uh, McKee was struggling to kind of uh, to to get uh, back to his feet and struggling to kind of shift Chimev off him. Chimev was able to just basically have his way with uh, with McKee, uh, got, con- got control from the side to the back, um, stood up, did some ground and pound, then went back into 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 guard. Went for his rear naked choke, which uh, McKee did well to to kind of squirm out of, but then. Uh, have just got back into mount position and started landing uh, punches and elbows. Uh, McKee uh, was was literally in survival mode from the first second and it was only going to be a matter of time before uh, he had to succumb and uh, Rich uh, Mitchell came in and, and stopped the fight, which was a, a good stoppage. And uh, Chimyev, uh boosted with confidence after two wins in less than two weeks, uh, feels like he's on top of the world and is willing to fight, fight anyone. Um, after this fight, we went into the uh, the welterweight division with uh, Charles Cowboy Oliveira taking on Peter Sabata. Um, yeah, this was a, a very interesting fight that, uh, that ended up with a, a decision, a very unanimous decision for for Oliveira over um, Sabata, and it was a lot to do with with the the way that. Uh, oliveira was just a, a much better striker on the feet he was uh obviously we all know he has great kicking power uh but he was able to mix that up with uh with kicks and then uh with with punches as well uh Saboto just didn't seem confident enough to get into uh into oliveira's range and that was kind of like the 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 theme for for the the majority of, of the fight um, when when Sabata did try and press, he got Oliveira into the cage uh, and and was clinching. But even in the clinch, it was it was um, Oliveira that did the the most damage. He was landing uh, the elbows, which uh, ended up with a cut all the way along Sabata's head. Um, yeah, and it was just. The the one big issue I had with with Oliveira was he was was uh, extending his fingers quite a lot, and there was a a lot of mistimed uh, kicks to the the body because Olivera was kind of he knew he'd found a weak point on Sabato with those liver kicks, and uh, a few of them went a little bit wayward and 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 uh, were were more like groin shots. Um, but yeah, for for three rounds, it was literally just Charles Oliveira being being dominant, and um, he, he it just didn't seem like that. Sabata had any kind of secondary game plan, and when his when his when his first uh, game plan came in, uh, didn't come off. He had no kind of backup to 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 go to, and Oliveira just. Literally was the, was the stronger fighter on the feet, stronger fighter in the clinch, and he uh, picked up a, a very deserved um, third third round, uh, very deserved decision victory. Uh, next, oh, this next fight uh, again into the 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 middle of the card now, and we had a uh, Gadzimurad Antigulov taking on uh, the the Scottish uh, fighter Paul Craig, and uh, after the there were weigh-ins where uh, Craig and Antigulov were were really kind of uh, at each other's throats, um, pushing and shoving, to, uh not trying to knock uh Antigurov's hat off and stuff like that. There was clearly a lot of an- animosity here. And even on the um the entrances to the cage uh, when uh craig came in and the fighters did their obligatory run around the cage just to kind of loosen up and and warm up um craig kind of almost stopped and uh was was in anti face and then when it came to the uh the introductions uh, Craig walked to the dead centre of the octagon and he was just eyeballing Ante Lugov. He was really trying to get into the head of Ante Lugov, who's uh, obviously got that very Dagestanian-Russian kind of a submission game. He's won 15 fights by submission in his career, uh, and that's using a multiple of techniques, I think a total of six techniques. So um, it was a very... Very brave decision for Craig to kind of be antagonizing Antogulov, and it and it did it ended up working because he really got into Craig into Antogulov's head and kind of threw him off his game. Uh, Craig, when the when the fight started, ran straight to the middle of the octagon to kind of like take that center control. Um But Antogulov went for um, the the takedown. Uh, which was interesting because Craig allowed the takedown to come, like he he knew it was coming, and he wanted to work from from underneath. And um, we, whilst watching, we were thinking, "Oh, this is a bad decision." He's, he's kind of like angered the beast, and he's gonna gonna pay for it. But um, Craig seemingly did have a, a really unique game plan. He, he knew he was going to take shots from from Antelugov, but he was he wanted to. To make the gas up, and he uh, he got the 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 lower body triangle uh, was working. Uh, Antilugov's arm into position, knowing he was taking shots, knowing he was taking damage. Uh, but once Antilugov uh, realized he was uh, trapped in a triangle and an armbar, it was a little bit too late, and Craig was able to adjust and and turn it up. And um, once once Antilugov was was flattened out, and uh, he didn't have the kind of uh, the the power to get back to his feet and and kind of release the pressure on the armbar it was all over and uh craig picked up a great victory um especially this is someone who's come off a, a, a win against shogun and uh yeah what can you say great great way of getting into the mind of your opponent and kind of throwing him off the game so uh, a good victory for for paul craig that going into the exact middle part of the card, and it was a, a women's strawweight fight. Uh, the former uh champion and the first ever strawweight champion Carla Esparza taking on Marina Rodriguez. Um, yeah, and uh, an interesting fight. This, um, for it was kind of um, a tale of two different kind of styles of fighting. It was obviously Carla Esparza, well known for her grappling. And uh, Rodriguez very dynamic in in terms of striking. Um, now, Esparza was able at first to uh, was able at first to get um, Rodriguez to the floor, and was able to to control for a, a lot of the time. But Rodriguez was was very good at landing the shots from the bottom, and and it got to the stage where she cut up Esparza with those uh, with those like short elbows. Um so um Esparza was trying to to work for, for damage and we spent a lot of this this round on the floor. Um and Esparza going for these submissions, going for the an ankle lock and and a rear naked and, and Rodriguez doing damage with, with the heavy shots from from underneath. Uh they did eventually get back back to the feet. Um, and that's where Rodriguez's class was showing through. She landed a couple of head kicks and a couple of shots. Uh, and Asparza went for a late takedown again, but only able to clinch against the fence. Uh, so it was a very hard round to 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 judge at first, and you could easily give it to Asparza for the ground control, or you could even give it to um, Rodriguez for the, for the damage. Coming into the second round, and Asparza kind of a uh, she she was trying to stick with the same game plan of, of using her takedowns to uh to control rodriguez but what rodriguez did was she kind of upped the pace of her shots so she was getting off more shots and she was also doing a lot better to to kind of defend those takedowns uh she did end up um get, getting getting took down eventually in the round but it wasn't as 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 soon as she did in the first round and uh she was she was uh Esparza was able to again attempt for, for stuff like the ankle lock but Rodriguez again seemed so confident on the floor uh on the on her back that she was able to still hit Esparza with, with some some big big shots um and it, it just seemed that that um Esparza was kind of throwing the game away by going for these submission moves when there wasn't really an opportunity for 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 them, and kind of losing the the momentum and the kind of uh, the position that she she'd worked herself into, uh, coming into the third round, and again it was it started with Rodriguez being a uh, being the. The more aggressive fighter and she uh t- started targeting a, a welt that had swelled up over esposa's uh right eye and she uh, she broke it open quite a lot and she was bleeding and it was bleeding a hell of a lot uh Esparza was able to get a, another takedown in this round and she was able to land some big shots but again rodriguez just was able to overpower Esparza and, and get back to her feet um and it was just the um, just the the power and the dynamic like, uh strikes from Rodriguez that that was the was the difference in this fight. She was able to to um, to basically pick up pick shots off, uh, and the only way that that Espaza was 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 able to kind of force her will was was when it got to the to the ground control, uh, and I think ultimately that's what's that's what's won this fight for, for Carlos Sparza. If you were to look at the fight as post fight you would think that um Carla Sparza had been hit with a truck. Her face was absolutely demolished, kind of reminiscent of uh Joanna against uh when she had the Whaley Zhang fight. Um but she picked up the victory because of the ground control which uh is an interesting Interesting looking at it because I think through all the the, the rounds, uh, Rodriguez was leading on significant strikes and obviously did the, the heavy damage. Uh, but uh, the former champion picks up a, a victory and, and yeah, there's a, a lot of movement in that strawweight division for her to kind of be staking a claim for a for another title shot. Whether that this victory over Rodriguez is is enough of a statement, uh, who's to say? But uh, it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here. Um, so going into the, the three big main events now, uh, started with uh, Gustafsson, Alexander Gustafsson, making his uh, heavyweight debut against uh, former champion Fabrizio for Vadum. Vadum uh, coming back off the long layoff for, for testing positive for um, substance abuse. I think he missed 10 months, all told. Also in the last fart of his of his UFC contract uh, made it made no bones about not re-signing the company and kind of testing um, where where his future lies outside of, of the UFC so all kind of um, all kind of signs pointed to Gustafson picking up a, a relatively easy first win here in the in the UFC heavyweight division but unfortunately that just wasn't the case and I've I'll I'll just go over the the fight first, and then I'll I'll talk about what, how I feel it leaves the two fighters after this fight. Um, but yeah, um, it started with a head kick from Vadoom. Um Then Gustafsson was kind of uh, testing his, his his range and and uh, throwing out those uh, those uh, long jabs to see how close he could get to Vadum without kind of putting himself in in danger. Um, but then, when 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 Verdum was confident enough, he went in for the takedown, and Gustafsson did well to try and fend it off. But uh, we all know that once Verdun is in, kind of that like, uh, BJJ mode, he is he's a hard cat to to kind of defend against. Um, so he ended up um, getting the takedown, and then. Gustafsson was able to stand up, and and Vadum was able to was able to slip through his his legs almost, and and got the back, which was a very hard position for for Gustafson to be in. Uh, and we all know how Vadum's uh, BJJ is very elite level, especially training with the the Nagaira, N- 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 because he's he's definitely got that that kind of skill and he was able to to manoeuvre Gustafsson in into an attempt at an armbar. Now Gustafsson did so well to try and fight it off. You, you could tell he was locking his wrists. But um Verdun was able to to break that 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 um wrist control and before it was uh into a position where it would, it was going to snap the snap the arm, uh, Gustafsson did the right, right thing and, and tapped uh, a very quick victory uh, for, for for Doom and yeah, like I said, he's he's now on his way out of the of the division. Um, on is now on the way out of the company, and it's just weird that where does this leave Gustafson now? Because obviously he's is he retired from the. From the UFC after uh losses in the light heavyweight division where he was incredibly elite level but just wasn't able to get over that that kind of DC um and Bones um control of that division. Then came back from retirement to to move up to heavyweight and uh no disrespect to Vadum Badoom's in the twilight of his career and he was he was able to handily control uh, Gustafsson and, and kind of taught him a, a lesson in a in a fact that that really could have meant nothing to Vadum seeing as he's on his way out of the, of the company uh, so it kind of leaves Gus in limbo where does he go now he's already had the retirement once and will this make him feel yeah it's time to hang up again uh, because if you can't hang with the likes of the doom you're going to struggle against the likes of nagano you're going to struggle against the likes of blades even with the likes of walt harris uh, so does he stay in the heavyweight division and, and kind of chances on we've seen how that didn't really work for Ovin, Sempria. or does he drop back down to the light heavyweight and just realize that he's going to be a very very good fighter in a pool of of elite level fighters uh, in terms of Badoom, I think it's highly likely that he signs for Bellator and uh, goes straight into a, a title match against the the champ champ over there, Ryan Bader, for the heavyweight title. Uh, and especially after this kind of dominant display, that makes all the sense in the world for not only for Badoom who who kind of wants to to cement his legacy, of winning titles, and and the the kind of reason he he was leaving the UFC in the first place was because he he didn't see a path back to that title that didn't take a couple of years or more. So I can totally understand him him looking at Bellator and thinking it's an easier route to a a title and and to basically add to my legacy. Uh, So yeah, just it'll be interesting to see where both fighters go now uh, after this. So let's go into this core main event. Um, yeah, it was like this was like going back in time almost, uh, going back to the the days of Pride, going back to the the very early days of UFC, um, when when it it was not the the massive machine that it is now. Uh, we had Antonio Ruggiero Nogueira, little nog, taking on Maurizio Shogun, who um, yeah, it it was. I think this is the third fight that they've had, and the first one was in like was like 15 years ago. So it was a an interesting throwback, and it you could tell they were not the the same fighters, but you could also tell that these two guys uh, have elite levels of uh, MMA skill between them, and yeah, it was just it was cool to to watch two heroes two legends of the of the sport uh yeah duking it out in 2020 i mean 2020 has been a weird year uh in terms of all sports i suppose but yeah it was weird in 2020 watching little nog taking on um Shogun. but going in into the fight, the the first round started quite um fresh really both both were a little bit cautious i think it took a, about a minute and a half for the first real uh, attempts at, at, at combat to happen when when Shogun started uh hitting those leg kicks uh the he was very susceptible to the 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 shots and the the, the power of, of Nagera's uh straight right, straight left and 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 the right hook Negera was a uh, was able to really um, land those shots, which is surprising and someone like Hua uh, who, who is known for having heavy power um, so yeah, the, the first round was quite a, like I said, quite a nervy first round at the beginning, but once both guys kind of settled into it, it was almost like a, a tit for tat where both were, were landing um, Hua eventually did um, kind of try and tie Nagar up against the cage, but um whilst in in the clinch nagera was still landing uh hard shots and and that kind of uh made who change his is kind of route his tack um who ended the round with with a takedown um but i think the first round went to i think it was fair that it went to uh nagera going into the second round and it was um yeah, it was it was Hua who, uh, who made the first movie. Started with with the body kicks, then he got um, he got the clinch again. Started landing uh, landing his shots, uh, but once Naguera, uh got was able to successfully uh, get the underhooks, um, he was able to to circle out and get away from the cage. But Hua uh, was 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 throwing more shots. He was throwing uh, more kicks and landing more combinations. Uh, and but the the thing was that the, the you could tell that the 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 age and the power were 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 just not were just not conducive to this lasting as long as 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 these guys used to be able to do in the prime. They slowed down a hell of a lot in this second round, um, and it was um, long there were long gaps in where there was not a lot of action and then there'd be a little bit of a flurry and then there would be no action again. Um, who, uh, Nguera's left hook was landing quite a lot of the time. Uh, but who was able to, to, to land a lot of his own. There was a, a weird incident where they both seemed to be going in and throwing punches and it was almost like, um, Nagera shoulder barged, um, uh, who, and, uh, knocked Hua down, so uh, Naguera dived into the guard, but the it didn't last long and they, they both got up. And again, uh, Hua was able to to land um, his takedowns, which I think was a deciding factor in, in this second round and, and kind of maybe helped him level the scorecard up. And then going into the third round, uh, knowing that this was Nagara's kind of last round, he... he turned up the pace a little bit but then also so did um so did who and he was uh he was landing a lot better combinations than nagara uh nagara's left was still incredibly dangerous and he was landing it quite a lot but who was able to kind of walk through these and he was landing more of his body kicks and he was following it up with uh with with more combinations uh, the both guys just in in this round did seem to be incredibly tired, and once it it got to the end of the round again after another takedown from Hua, um, it 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 just seemed that it was a fitting end to um, to a very legendary uh, career for for uh, Little Nog and uh, Maurizio uh, Hua you can clearly still see he still wants to fight and you and you can see that he still wants to kind of uh, maybe have one last run at the towel. whether that's possible who knows um but on on this performance i think he gets he gets beat handily by by the the more elite level fighters the higher rank fighters i mean we're talking about someone who, who lost to paul craig recently um and yeah after the fact uh, little nog confirming that he yeah he, he's this was him done and yeah um if that is true and uh who uh, um and little nog is uh is hanging up the the gloves nothing but respect for for the guy who's had a, an absolutely stellar career uh, over 20 plus years of, of uh MMA in, in multiple organisations so just much love and thanks to to both the Nagara brothers for for everything that they've done for the sport. Their kind of um, their fingerprints will be on this sport for many, many years to come. So yeah, much respect to the the, the Nagueras. So then going into this uh into this main event uh basically uh, a title eliminator in the uh in the the middleweight division uh whoever was picking up the the win in this fight against robert Whitaker and darren till uh definitely has a as a case for for being next in line for adesanya after after the paulo costa fight now uh being british uh we're always we're always kind of biased towards our guys, um and we've also known how um Whitaker has had issues with uh with his knees so this kind of looked like it could have been Till's fight to win Whitaker coming off a quite a lengthy layoff uh Till coming off the the win against Gastelum uh so yeah it was a, an interesting dynamic going into this fight and the first round um it was. It, I, I felt that Till had the better round. He, he did. Uh, he had some of the bigger shots. Whitaker was was able to. He was very bouncy, was Whitaker. Um, An and interesting kind of uh, way of fighting. Is is It's not called the Reaper for for no reason. This guy hits like a train. And when he hit uh, Till, he did damage Till, and then there was an again like like the uh N- 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 and uh Hugh fat. there was a there was a collision which meant that wi- uh which meant that whitaker goes down and um till pounced on him and uh whitaker was able to kind of turn that and grab his leg uh but uh till was hitting amethyst. uh but this gave uh, whitaker the opportunity to to get to his feet um and yeah, the the first round was was definitely a good round for Till. He was able to land uh, a lot more of his shots, a lot more of his kicks. Um, but the beginning of this round, at the beginning of of the the end almost for for Till, um, was was the the kicks he was taking to the knee. Whitaker was able to to fire off those calf kicks quite a lot, and you could see like in this first round where those kicks were were doing damage. Into the second round, and uh, again, Whitaker was 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 landing uh, the, those those low kicks, and you could see how they they were really doing damage to to Till, and they were kind of putting him off. He wasn't able to use that lead leg to to spring his his, uh, his shots off, and he almost became very very gun And in this uh, second round, it was a a lot of it was was. Whitaker landing his shots until, kind of, trying to get in, but not having the confidence on on his injured leg to be able to to get his shots. He he was he was not throwing half the shots he threw in in the first round, and again going into like the 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 third and the fourth round, it was a lot of the same. Till uh, was really really struggling with this leg, and um, it was interesting that Whitaker. I don't know whether he didn't sense that the injury was was there or if he didn't think it was as big of a problem because he didn't focus on, on the leg. He did still throw a lot of those uh, kicks and I think Till did um, a very good... Um, job of of kind of masking how much trouble he was in he was he was um throughout the fight he was very kind of witty with till uh, with our Whittaker uh giving him um lip when he when he landed the kicks and and kind of like being the the Darren Till that we we all know the very exuberant um character but the, the the leg was affecting was affected and he just wasn't peppering off the shots i think going into the 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 third round there was all, it was almost a 30 shots difference between Whitaker and till and the the damage was coming to um till he was he ended up getting shots uh hitting both arms, both uh having issues with him at one point he was almost trying to blink out some uh whether it was a bone fragment or whether it was a, an eyelash uh it was really struggling with it with his uh, with his vision uh so yeah uh, there's a there's there's a case that that till won that that uh, fourth round, it was quite razor thin. But you could also argue that maybe Whitaker was three rounds up after after the fourth round. Uh, going into the fifth, it it did seem like there was it was all to play for. And, and on the judges' scorecard, they all scored it pretty much the same forty eight, forty seven. Till picked up that that uh, the last round in terms of he just came out and knew he had to do something to try and 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 win this fight. He ended up cutting up. Um, Whitaker with a, a a punch to the ear, and it just absolutely exploded, and and it, there was just blood gushing everywhere. But the kind of momentum got stopped when uh, when Herb Dean called time out to ask Till if he was able to continue uh, because of a uh, of an, an eye issue, and that kind of give. That was with about forty seconds to go and it kinda like took the momentum off Till and Till could have possibly been going for a finish, but it obviously stopped stopped the fart dead. And um it ended up being uh Whittaker taking um taking Till down. Then when Till got back up he was then dragged back down and Till was getting back up. This was a um, yeah, very good fart and, and Darren Till, even though he did lose, he's, he's clearly shows that he can, he's definitely got a lot to give at this uh, middleweight division. You've got to remember that this guy's still young. He's only 27 years old, and his losses are to elite-level fighters. There's no no two ways about that. He's, he doesn't lose to to nobodies. He, he's lost to the very best fighters that... that um, that he can face, and he's always had this kind of mindset of best, uh, best faces best, which is very true. So I don't think it'll be uh, long before we see Darren Till back in, in in contention for for the title. But this was a great comeback for Robert Whittaker after kind of losing his title and um, spending time off with injury, um, getting back to to being a family man, and yeah, I can I can see. The Robert Whitaker of old, the kind of person who who run roughshod through this middleweight division and and took the towel, um, and yeah, he'll obviously be looking towards facing the winner of Adesanya versus uh, Paulo Costa, and maybe we could see Till taking on the 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 loser of that fight and and getting back to to winning ways in in that way. So yeah, very interesting card. Uh, I'd highly recommend you to go and watch it. Even though there was seven parts on the main card, it wasn't actually that long of a card. I think it it went maybe just just north of three hours. So yeah, it was a a, a very good card to watch. I would I would highly highly recommend it. Um, looking at next week, there's a, another event from the going back to the Apex Center now in in. Um, in Vegas coming away from Yaz Island for a little bit Uh, but again we've got a a really good card we've got um, UFC Fight Night 175 it's a headline with Derek Brunson versus um, Shabazz, and it was meant to be uh, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana but uh Reenaldana has uh tested positive for coronavirus, so that fight's now off the cards. Uh but looking at this this card it's uh, very interesting. Going in uh, some of the prelims, we've got Ray Borg on the prelims, we've got the the long awaited Ed Herman and Gerald Mershot fight. That fight seems to be booked and, and rebooked time and time again. Uh on the on the main card we uh we've got fights. we've got Kevin Holland taking on Trevin Giles, we've got Lando Venata taking on Bobby Green, uh Vincente Luque taking on Randy Brown, uh co-main event is now Joanne Calderwood taking on Jennifer Meyer, and then the main event is Derek Brunson taking up Edmund Chavez and someone who has been in the news recently with uh getting glowing praise from Ronda Rousey who has said he's uh the most exceptional um exceptional MMA talent that she's seen in in all her time as a fighter so yeah be it's um interesting but- again it's 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 one of those cards where because there's not it won't mean much in in terms of movement in the in in the tile pictures it kind of Means that these fighters can go out and kind of try and prove a point, and we've seen recently that the the higher level fighters have all been kind of cancelling each other out, and you know, it'll be cool to see uh, see how, if any of these can come out and make a statement. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh UFC fight Night one seventy four all wrapped up. Um, yeah, uh, you can uh, you can follow this show at. Five rounds pod, follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby, follow my uh, my son Carlos at Kirkby underscore Carlos. I'm sure he'll be back next week with a vengeance. Um yeah, uh thank you for listening guys and that is the end. Adios ThechairShot.com always use your head.